cartoon commentary is not intended for children. Tom, Keith, and Corey are usually wrong, and anything they say can and probably will offend you. Apologies in advance. Commence the podcast. Cartoon commentary. Gentlemen, behold! Welcome to Cartoon Commentary, a podcast where three <sighs> Moonanites in their 30s talk about old, new, and sometimes random as hell cartoons. I'm Corey, Shake Zula, the Mike Rula, the old schooler. You want a trip? I'll bring it to you. Zamir. Damn, I was not prepared for that. <laughs> uh, uh, I. Uh, uh, I'm Tom Frylock O'Connell. <laughs> oh, I, I, I'm sorry. I, I, I <laughs> Tom would I be Frylock. Remember the lyrics. Tom would yeah. be Frylock. I was playing uh, on Frylock, but man. I guess I am Keith. Meet what? Get the honey. See, Barnofsky. It's G. Paul. <laughs> no, I think you see, get the least... monies. You get the monies G, and then you get the, all the honeys C. Okay, sure. I don't know. We'll double check it. And to, yeah, today we're talking about Aqua Teen Hunger Force, season one, I believe, episode nine, Revenge of the Moon. Uh, episode eight. Episode eight. Whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I picked this because. I had this on a long... I have a very long list of cartoons I want to get to. And I noticed this was on HBO Max, which I haven't really delved into that much for cartoons. But I was very surprised to see it. Uh, back in the day, I always had this... I had, I think, the first three or four seasons on DVD. Hmm. So, the very first season and like the season two, I'm very, very familiar with. And would watch all the time. And I feel like Aqua Teen Hunger Force was, for better or worse, uh, a show that really kind of influenced the way I interacted with friends. <laughs> yeah, kind of. It was it was one of those weird shows that like we all watched and quoted. Uh, it's it's frequently. like very quotable, but if you quote it to someone who hasn't specifically watched the episode you're talking about, it will always in 100% go over their head and offend them. Yeah. And I found that out multiple times the hard way. Because <laughs> there's a lot of quotes, and the thing is I did a lot of like research on like what people on the internet thought of as like very quotable lines from Aqua Teen Hunger Force mm -hmm. and uh, Master Shake specifically because I feel like he always had the best one-liners or put-downs or whatever and yeah. honestly I think I quote him more than anybody else in the show by a lot and it's like Everybody else on the internet's opinion of, like, what is a good line or this is something I want to put in a YouTube clip is completely not my idea of it. So it's just, like, I don't know. It's 
it's either a really wide open show in that regard, or everybody's taste is uh, worse than mine. I don't know. Because I was, <laughs> I was very surprised to find like some of my favorite quotes from him just not existent on the internet. I like, mean, I've definitely, I've definitely gotten trouble for telling someone to shut their deformed mouth before I nail it shut. <laughs> Which is like, well, you say that to somebody who's not ready for it. Hey, listen, that's only that's offensive. Amazing. That's only offensive if their mouth <laughs> is actually deformed. Yeah. It's also, there's also so many things in this show that did not age well and are not acceptable. Uh, I, I watched a yeah. few episodes, a few episodes to try and figure out like what I wanted to do an episode on. And once I saw the Moon Knights, I was just like, all right, it's going to be one with them in it. Yeah. Because out of all the random characters they end up dealing with, the Moon Knights are probably the most interesting and most recognizable. Also, like, the most mm. just, like, offensive um, yeah. Like, they literally, every action they take is to make you dislike them. Mm-hmm. Or to make the main characters of the show dislike them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, I guess, one thing I'd like to ask is, everybody, I, I assume we're all pretty familiar with Aqua Teen Hunger Force, because everybody seems to oh yeah have grown up with it. I know yeah. my Hund- other friend Hundreds group, of episodes. That yeah. I played Magic the Gathering with. We used to watch this a lot, and that's who I'd end up quoting a lot of these lines to. And well, once you like step out of that friend group, is when you you start getting a lot of fall off and and fallout when you say some of this shit to people <laughs> in real life. <laughs> You're like at a store, and you tell the cashier to shut their deformed mouth, and or or just <laughs> another one that like. Never gets quoted online, but I used to always remember Master Shake saying it is, do it because I said it, is probably my <laughs> most used quote between, like, talking to people in my family, talking to my friends who just won't listen. Yeah, parenting your child. Do it, but I'm pretty sure I've used it while we played d and I've yeah, definitely probably. used it with Carter, he doesn't understand it. I mean, I haven't said that <laughs> verbatim, but, like, I have definitely told my daughter to do something. When she's like, why? And I'm like, because I told you to. Like, so now now go. Like, put your socks <laughs> put your socks on. Why? Because I, I asked you Cause to. Because we're about to put our shoes on. Because <laughs> I asked you to, and when I ask you to do something, you should be doing it. Yeah. Uh, and it's so like... I just got to point out real quick. Yeah. Uh, growing up, you guys might have watched uh, Aqua Teen Hunger Force like during high school and stuff. Uh, I did not, because I did not have cable during high school. Uh, I did get to see it once in a while, like when we had sleepovers and stuff uh, on Friday nights or something. Uh, those were the few times I got to watch Adult Swim. It wasn't until, you know few years later when i was in college and and that's when i had cable in the dorm all of a sudden it's like holy crap adult swim's awesome and then i just binge watched like every episode of like every series at the time that was on there including uh aqua teen hunger force yeah wow tom what's it like to go from not having cable to watching hentai (laughs) (laughs) like I just, I just got, I just got to ask because you like 
And not saying you watched hentai religiously, but you went into anime, which means that at some point you found a hentai and was like, whoa, this gets crazy. Wait, wait, wait. So I, I, the span whoa, whoa, of that whoa, whoa. was like Keith, two Keith. years. The very first hentai I ever saw was the one you presented on this show. Um, That's a lie. I didn't put a hentai on the show. That's a lie. Tom watches way too much anime not to have dipped his toe. <laughs> So the thing is, there, there's there's a lot of gray areas, even even on Crunchyroll <laughs> and and like uh, no 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 no, no. I'm talking there, no, 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 no. I'm not talking, no, I'm not talking etchy gray shit. areas. I, I thought I'm talking <laughs> I'm talking like H to the anti. Wait, I thought that there was no gray area because it was either they have tentacles or they don't have tentacles. You know, a surprising amount of hentai doesn't have tentacles. Well, then it's not hentai. It's just sexy, sexy no, it, anime. It definitely, it definitely <laughs> still is. <laughs> just sexy, sexy anime. <laughs> you know that there's that. probably an anime called sexy, sexy anime. <laughs> uh, oh, oh I hope one day we have a, a, you know, we get our t-shirts, our merchandising going. And uh, so, we, we have Keith, like, drawn in an in a anime version, I'm gonna, but no. have tentacles, like, wrapped around him. Oh, no. Oh, <laughs> That'll no. That'll be our hentai shirt. Nobody wants to see fat Keith wrapped in tentacles. So, a part of me, a part of me really wants to just start making these shirts rather than, like, talk about it. Like, and then... one of each. Theorize, yeah, just like make, like get our sizes. No, like no, Corey, knock out three. <laughs> Corey, Corey, even even just make ones, just make every single one of them for yourself, but then only wear them when you see. Like the next time we hang out, you just wear one of them. You just wear <laughs> and show up with it, and me I, and yeah, Tom but I feel will like, just die. I feel like with so I feel like because of how cheap it is to get a shirt made. It would be like a shitty thing to make one for myself and then just be like, yeah, let's throw away the mold. No. No, you guys can't have one. Fuck off. Well, it's like the time we made the uh, that t-shirt and Mike ended up leaving it in somebody's pickup truck or something. <laughs> <laughs> what was the shirt? I, I know I made the design, but I'm spacing on it. We it was from some party game. game. Yeah, uh, it was a Jack, party Jackbox game. Jackbox Party something. Yeah. Oh, I remember now. Oh, it was yeah, a shirt yeah. that it's said "Nice not penis" for this with oh, the yeah. thumbs up. I Hold think. On. I think. I, I think. I think my then. children have all woken up. So I will. You guys continue for a children second. Children arise. It's yeah. It's because you talk too loud, Keith. Your 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 noise levels are always so damn high. I know. Keep it down, Keith. Jesus fucking Christ. Hey listeners, Corey here, real quick, to see if you can help us out and grow the podcast by leaving a five-star rating on iTunes. Also, if you enjoy the show, wouldn't it be great to share it with friends and family? Just a suggestion. (laughs) So, anyway, um, the the main reason I picked this um, Revenge of the Moon Nights, I fucked that word up, Moon Nights, um episode is I was I was originally I literally was typing out to you guys to to watch the mayhem of the Muni Oh my god, I can't say their name. The Moonanites. <laughs> Munanites. Moonanites. Uh, Moonanites. Um 
their first episode, which is their introduction, and they basically see that uh, Master Shake is trying to like rent out Meatwad's room. So they come in, and they're a complete, like, bad influence on Meatwad, who, throughout the course of the show, is basically like a small child in his intellect, so mm. he's easily manipulated. Um, and they, like, trick him into, like, but not trick him, but, like, convince him to steal, like, a rack of DVDs, but it fails, and they have to run, and they ditch him, and they do a whole bunch of bad stuff to him off-screen, that he mentions in this episode. Uh, but it was just like, alright, the Moon Knights are cool, the stuff that's happening around them, not as cool as what happens in the second episode. So I'm glad that I didn't just pull the trigger on that one, because I would have been disappointed. So here we are with Revenge of the Moon Knights, and it starts off with Master Shake fucking around with Meatwad, which is a common occurrence. He's struggling with math, uh, literally just counting. One, two, five? Stuff like that. Uh, he's fucking with him, throwing out numbers, trying to, you know, interrupt his count, and Frylock is always, you know, well, the most boring character on the show, to be honest. Sorry, Tom. Uh, <laughs> I mean, he is, I... he is. Like, he's the voice of reason, but on a show that's unreasonable, it's not you know? Alright, Like, he's definitely that. not the cool one in, in the show. Uh, and he, I don't think he, like, ever gets a good joke from my, from what I can remember. Like, every once in a while he gets to put his foot down and, like, fuck someone up. Because mm. he's the most powerful. Yeah, he gets to but, do the eye blast and... Yeah. But, like, aside from that, like, he doesn't get any good jokes that I can remember. I don't remember him popping up on any of the compilations I was watching on YouTube trying to remember <laughs> more stuff about the show. Uh, nah, he's kind of in, like, the parental role of the other two. It's like... Yeah. It's like... Mm. Meatwad is, like, the kid that's under 12 that, like, just doesn't know any fucking better. And then, like, Master Shake is, like, the rebellious teenager... But, and then Frylock is actually, like, the guy that... He's, like, the older brother that, like, is in his 20s that's, like, guys, if we don't pay rent, dad, I fucked. gotta... I yeah. gotta... I gotta <laughs> take care of my dumb kids. Exactly. Kid brothers. He's, he's, like, he's like, the one that, like, doesn't want to hold it together, but, like, the other two are so fucking incapable of it that, like, he has to. Mm. Yeah, so Meatwad's trying to count because he's trying to save up his harvest time tickets so he can purchase a 10-speed. And the best quote out of this episode, I think, or the second best quote out of this episode, how are you going to ride a 10-speed with no friggin' legs? You're just going to bust the ass you don't even have. Who bothered to spawn you? And why? That's my best dramatic reading of that line. I mean, they're not wrong, but at the same time, like, Meatwad is able to transform into an igloo or a transform hot dog. into an igloo or a hot dog. And which, also, which one no, of those is better at riding he, a 10 He does, bike. he does give himself arms to do things with. What? When? Yeah. Yeah. Occasionally. Yeah. He, swish, he swishes his arms around. 
Not mm-hmm. in season one. He might learn it eventually, but he definitely doesn't do it any in any of the episodes I watched. He doesn't do a lot, but they animate they animate that he has an arm. Yeah, mm. you've seen him. Is it like a crane like it... arm? Yeah, kind of more like that. Okay, yeah. that still yeah. is not going to help not... him that much with a ten speed. Yeah, not a traditional no, but arm. I'm just saying that there's a possibility there. Where what if he has a, a he has a slight arm? What if he decides to get a little bit of legs? I don't know. Just a little bit of legs. Just a little bit of legs. Just a little legs. All right. So, outside uh, their house, the Moonanite ship lands, and Ignok. I'm always gonna fuck his name up. Uh, and Ur busts through yeah. the window just as Frylock is explaining life isn't about winning material goods. And he's just like, nah, it is, it's about taking material goods when others aren't looking. I wish I could do an Ignok voice. Yeah. <laughs> it's like so condescending and like even. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I just don't have that. Nah, well, no, it's about taking others' material goods when they aren't looking. Yeah, you I just sound disinterested. Yeah. yeah, that's it, it. Is it is a deceptively hard voice to do. Mm. You and have to almost sound like a computer, like constantly, just like yeah, fuck yeah, yeah, damn right, <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> it's. I mean, so the thing is, the two of them are pixelated beings from. The moon? The moon. <laughs> that's... I mean, I guess that's their whole backstory. That's... That's pretty much their whole backstory. It is. Uh, <laughs> is constantly talking about how superior the moon is to Earth, and that the moon... Uh, or the Earth should actually be the Earth's moon, but that would besmirch the name of the moon. Which is funny though, because a direct quote from the first episode. There, if if so, if the moon is so much better than the Earth, then why did they come down to the Earth to wreak havoc? Because <laughs> the moon doesn't have anything on it. Keith. Well, no, yeah, but so this the thing though is then why is it better? They never explain <laughs> it. It's really know, not better. Completely illogical beings. They you know they talk shit and then they can't back it up. Oh, man. Um, so, so like, Frylock, you mean, like, a bunch of people we went to high school with? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> uh, Frylock's not happy to see him because the last time he had to blast them out of there and chase them off. Um, because they're just... Their basic purpose is to be a bad influence to meet Watt and get him in trouble. Yeah. Um, mm. And teach him to smoke. They're like a parasite. Yeah. So they ridicule him, and then they're just like, hey, Meatwad, let's go break the law to fill your primitive needs, because he wants to get (laughs) tickets for his 10-speed that he can't use. (laughs) Uh, Meatwad's a little bit apprehensive, because, I guess, off-screen the last time, they uh, threw him at an old lady's mailbox and made him moon Boy Scout Troop 324. Checks out. Uh, and they're like, ha we did. This time we won't. And that was enough to convince him. <laughs> well, it's that simple. I mean, they're also not going to do the same exact thing as last time. Why would they do that? Like, they're going to do new terrible things. 
Oh yeah, of course. Um, so this time they bring him over to. Well, first off, they get kicked the fuck out of the house by Frylock. Um, <laughs> yeah. And they're just like, "You have deeply offended us and our God, and our <laughs> God is a God of vengeance." Oh, they also said their god is an Indian who can change into a wolf. A wolfen. <laughs> uh, is that... I don't know. I was going to leave that part out because I was not sure if that was okay to say. Well, the, well <laughs> we didn't, didn't want to do the research. We we're just, re, we're just reiterating we're just what they re- said. We're just reciting this. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, I don't know... Indian who changes into wolf, into, into Google. Um... <laughs> Ooh, Legends of America. I could have just typed in Wolfen. Hmm. Wolfen. All right, so while Keith searches that up, uh, the scene continues with them talking about how uh, Meatwad would do anything to get this bike. Uh, He would even kill somebody. In front of their own mama. If yeah, anybody was... testifies against them, he'd gouge their eyes out. He's fucking brutal, right? Yeah. Dude, me, <laughs> but me, me one hanging like... out with this new crew, he just went hardcore. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is, like... I feel like this show struck a chord with us in high school. Because what was the main popular form of comedy back then? Randomness. And someone, like, saying something unexpected, random, was, for some reason, hilarious back then. I don't really get it as much now. And, like, I feel feel like if... I was actually trying to do an experiment, but unfortunately my wife has heard of this show. I was going to have her watch this episode and try to think... Try to see if she thought any of it was remotely funny. But she, for some reason, somehow has heard of Aqua Teen Hunger Force, unless she was lying to me. Because um, <laughs> I wanted, Ryan like... just to get out of watching it. Yeah. <laughs> well, she couldn't have known where <laughs> I was going with that. Mm. It could have been... It could have been the other way around. Where her not having heard of it was bad for her. I... Which is how it would have worked out. I would venture to say there's a possibility that my wife has never heard of this show, and I feel like if I showed her this show, she would be like, "What the, the show is wrong a, with you? This is a terrible fucking show. Why did you? Why did you put this on?" Mm. I mean, yeah, and I feel, <laughs> I feel like this is a show that, without the nostalgia for growing up with it and enjoying it back then. It would be kind of hard to get into now. Mm. Yes. I feel like it's... Uh, it, it was in an era of... Um, exploration with certain cartoons where they were just trying to... Create shock like... Shock value. Yeah, shock... Well, shock value, but also just shock like... humor. Fantastical situations that like didn't exist. I mean, the main characters are... A carton of fries... A shake and a wad of meat, and yeah, they and are all be, sentient and live next to Carl. Yeah, and mm. to be clear, at least according to the images you see in the opening theme song, 
they play them off like they're some sort of superhero team, but they never get up to any superheroics. <laughs> that's true. That's true. In the actual show. It is mm. actually pretty funny that they call it Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Like, like I feel it's like they It's literally had... just random words. No, but that's no, but that's the thing, though. Is I think that maybe... Just, Hunger is the only one that makes sense. Just maybe. <laughs> they... Well, they're all... They're all forms of food. Yeah. Like, the hunger part makes four. Makes, oh, yeah. Makes Aqu- makes aqua. Sense. Teen. Like, none of them ever go underwater. True. None of them probably could. Well, I mean, Meatwad does later in this episode, but... That's... <laughs> but that's the thing, though, is that I feel like the name of the show, Aqua Teen Hunger Force, it's, it was like, uh, somebody came up with that, it flows, and it sounds like a superhero thing, and... Maybe at some point they were like, maybe we could make them superheroes. And then, through their machinations of just absurdity, they were just like, no, these guys will never be superheroes. <laughs> these these guys will always be just a shit show. Mm. <laughs> Alright, so in the show, uh, Meatwad, Ignignock, and Ur make their way to the Harvests... I forgot what it's called. The Harvest Festival. Mm, it's basically yeah, a ski ball place. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Where you can get tickets for being good at ski ball. And as Meatwad's explaining it, uh, well, by not really understanding it, because he eats the balls for some reason, uh, Ur decides to cheat and hop on the fucking snake's head uh, for maximum points and gets a whole bunch of tickets. They end up not getting the 10 speed because, of course, they're going to do what serves them, the Moonanites, rather than what serves Meatwad. And they get the Foreigner Belt, which <laughs> I feel like if I were familiar with the band Foreigner, or I guess white music in general, <laughs> this would be so much more interesting to me, but I still thought it was really cool. I also don't know the band Foreigner, but I was waiting for you to say a comment about that. Because <laughs> I, I know some of Foreigner's music, so I, I found it funny and got the references. Well, it's two against one, Tom. <laughs> I mean, I, um, I I guarantee I have heard some music from Foreigner without oh, yeah. knowing like, even, that even it's Foreigner. Like, yes. Because like when they were like when they use it the first time against Carl, which we'll get to, like I was just like, oh yeah, no, I've I've definitely heard that song, like literally just heard, hearing the phrase, like the the title. I don't know if it was the title of the song or if it was just a phrase uttered in the song, but like, you know, I think they were saying the titles of the song, like "Cold as Ice" is one of them. Yeah, well, that's one they use. Yeah, against but Carl. then they would sing some lyrics. Um, mm. So, they head over to Carl's house with this belt while expositioning that this belt has the superpowers of Foreigner and uh, Ignignock is basically reading the instructions on how to use it. So, Carl, who we I don't think we've even mentioned up to this point, is probably no. the actual best character of the series. Yeah. <laughs> And he, he's just like their fat next door neighbor who's old, crotchety, and is constantly getting screwed over by the he, Aqua Teens. He is like a middle-aged balding man who wears wife beaters and sweatpants, crotchety, and yes, he like it has 
to keep buying cars because his car gets destroyed in every other <laughs> fucking episode. Yes. The thing is, though, is that, like, he does have... he. There are plenty of episodes where he does at one point get the upper hand, but he usually quickly turns on him. Like mm-hmm. like it does at the end of this episode, as we'll get to. <laughs> yep. um, so they get to his house and they're like, commence testing immediately. Uh, they break through his window upstairs and he's just like, hey, hey, guys, what are you doing in my house without my permission? <laughs> uh, and I guess their plan is to steal his pornography. Which, you know... Checks out. You know, it's not not a bad... (laughs) I mean, this show was from, like, close to 20 years ago. I mean, back then, there was a lot more physical pornography than digital pornography. Do we have to explain what pornographic (laughs) magazines mean? There was the thing called a magazine. (laughs) (laughs) Instead of... Clicking with your mouse to see it's the naked those... pictures of the ladies' kids, you would have to flip through pages of yeah. your father's magazines. And then you would read a nice biography of the and naked see... woman in front of you. <laughs> and see the bush. Hmm. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah. You feel old yet? I was gonna say so, it, if they need a reference for what a magazine is, remember, uh, it's the thing they have at the doctor's offices for you to kill time if you don't have a phone. Do those ones still have the pages stuck together too, though? <laughs> so, for the longest time, I, I, since I do my YouTube series about video game hunting and stuff like this, I always wanted to do a sub series because. I, for a while there, it's kind of calmed down now, but for a while there, my main flea market that I would go to every weekend, you could not go through the whole flea market without finding something ridiculously pornographic. <laughs> Whether it be legitimate porn, uh, on in magazine form, Playboy, well, Playboys, I don't really count Playboys as porn, to be honest. Yeah. Because yeah. if you actually look at a Playboy as a grown adult now, it's like, hey, there's a centerfold. That's it. Mm. I don't know if I've ever actually... That doesn't really do anything for Like, you. I've seen I've seen Playboys, like, way back in the day. That, like, yeah. you know, kids stole from their fathers. But, like, I don't think I've ever actually, like, thumbed through one and, like, actually ingested, like, more than the worst part of it. You know, like, the... Yeah. the but it's like legitimately, it's like the centerfold, and that's about it. Like maybe like a few pages in the middle. But like aside from that, it's just a regular men's magazine. Like almost no different than like a For Him magazine or whatever. Interesting. And it's so like. I know what Keith's getting for Christmas. <laughs> well, no, <laughs> but like. The thing that always gets to me is I'll constantly see people selling Playboy magazines uh, at the flea market. And like I was saying with the sub-series is I always thought it would be funny to go game hunting or just like go to the flea market um, with a friend doing a video series about like who spots the porn quicker. (laughs) And whoever spots the porn 
the other person has to go and try and buy the porn. (laughs) Because the most awkward thing I could imagine at a flea market is going up to somebody and being like, ah, I see you have all holes open XXX (laughs) on DVD. I would like to purchase this vendor. And just, like, having to have a conversation about, like, how much is this smart? Oh, you want $3. I'm only willing to pay $1.50. Well, that's what I mean. Like, and that's, like, the most basic thing I've seen. <laughs> no, there's, no, because there's this times is, where you'll this see, is terrible. like, someone's, someone's blow-up doll. No, but this is terrible, though, oh. because the thing is, is that as you're haggling, right? Yeah. As you're haggling for this smut, you could be like, well, okay, I'll pay that price. I'll pay that, I'll, I'll pay that price, but oh. is there anything you can throw in to sweeten the deal? <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> what is... You can throw it to help me out here? That means, that means a wildly different thing when you're, when you're haggling for non-porn items, right? Because like, <laughs> if you're haggling for something like that, it's just like... What is what does this guy want? Like, do, am I supposed to just like t- tuck him off somewhere? Like, how much do I want this? Oh, how much oh. do I want this twenty dollars? Like, well, I'm just looking at it from the, the you know the seller's point of view, where he's like, well, I really want to get rid of this. I've been I've been bringing this, you know, uh, three holes XXX DVD <laughs> to the flea market for three years, and I'd really like to get rid of this thing at this point. So, I just feel like that's such a weird thing because, like, vendors get to know what people look for. mm -hmm. So, like, there are certain Mm -hmm. vendors I I come across that, like, know I'm there looking for games. It would be so weird to have a vendor flag you down because you bought all their porn. (laughs) Can you imagine you show up known as the guy? You show up and they're just like, "Hey, got more anal stuff today." Exactly. That's what I mean. Like. And that's why I think it would be hilarious to do a series like that. Like, given nowadays it would fail a lot of the time. No, I feel uh, like the problem... I don't see it as often. But, but the pr- there was a while there where it was just like, oh my god, this would be horrible. The, the problem, though, with <laughs> porn, though, is that, like, um, there's the internet. So, like, if somebody's going to flea markets for porn, it's just like, dude, you're doing it wrong. Yeah. Like, why are you paying for porn? Why are you paying for this? That's, that's true. Uh, yeah. I'm going to say there, there's some people who are just real technophobes who well, hate computers yeah. who, yeah, and I'm sure there are some real creepy, well, no, I'm not going to, well, no, I won't shame them. There's some shame. unique individuals who are into collecting vintage porn. Not to mention, I, I realize there is some parallels between the fact that I specifically won't download a game if I can get it physically instead. Like, there, there uh. is that physical media aspect of it. So, like, mm. sure, you could probably watch the contents of All Holes Open XXX, which I wonder if is an actual <laughs> porn DVD at it's this point. It probably be. is. It's um, gotta be. On the internet. But... Like, having it physically, I don't know what the actual advantage is in the porn world, but 
in like the video game terms, it's like, well, that means that you own it as opposed to just being something you streamed really quick or being a download that might not be available in five years. Stuff like mm. that. Oh, you you have to change your system. Your system breaks, and now you don't have that game anymore, and you can't ever have it again unless you buy it again kind of thing. Like, stuff like that. Anyway, mm. back to the episode. Uh, they use the powers of the four... Oh, well, first... Uh, Ur demands that they give him the damn... Ma- they give us the damn magazines. And Carl's just like, oh, I'll give you a magazine there, buddy. It's full of hollow points. You're going to love it when I put it in the gun. And then put them in your brain. <laughs> and of course, this is like another thing where... Uh, not so great of a dramatic reading. I don't have the accent available uh, in my repertoire to be able to sound like Carl there. Um... So they start using the powers of the foreigner belt, and he recognizes it immediately because he's that kind of, I'm going to sound bad here, but that kind of old uh, white into heavy metal slash rock from the 80s kind of guy. Is that from the 83 mm. tour? Yeah, I remember them with Brian Adams, blah, blah, blah. Uh, well, <laughs> he starts mentioning how he copped a feel on this passed out broad while they were playing Urgent. So now every time he hears Urgent on the radio, I think of that girl's boobs and covered in vomit. I know that's not a... That's not a... That's not a misquote. That's just like... That's how he says it. And yep. covered in vomit. <laughs> it's Carl. So then... So then... Or... Or uh, Ignignock... Uh, starts singing Cold as Ice, which I guess is one of their songs, and it freezes him in a block of ice. Uh, and they take off with his porn and his dresser for some reason. And because then, randomness. Uh, yes, exactly. And <laughs> and because they're assholes and they're going to do something bad with that dresser. Yeah. Uh, so, Meatwad and the Moon Knights are in the woods looking at porn as i'm i'm told from listening to other podcasts is like a thing that would happen with boys that would steal their parents porn is they would hide in the woods so does that sound crazy i never hid in the woods uh <laughs> that i never that, okay so this reminds me of a story when i was in the boy scouts we were doing Uh-oh. some cleanup uh at a, a some like hiking place or whatever. And while we were doing the cleanup of the trails, uh, there was also like this camping area nearby that had these lean twos where you could go and, and set mm-hmm. up your, your, wow. That's you know, a word I haven't heard of forever. Yeah. Uh, anyhow, uh, we were there for like two days and we we're cleaning the trails and we we're taking a break. And one of the kids in our troop went behind the lean to and noticed like, <laughs> sort of like a bag, sort of like a plastic bag sticking out from under some dirt, and they pulled the bag, and all of a sudden they realized it was a heavy bag, and it was buried, so mm-hmm. they went and got the re- like the rest of the, our patrol, and we came around back, and we were all digging, you know, just the kids. We dug it up, and it was a bag of porn. 
uh, you know, <laughs> magazines uh, behind the lean-to Very that treasure. clearly, like, yeah, that, that other <laughs> previous Boy Scouts had brought with them and buried back there. I can, and, I can just imagine <laughs> all of you guys sitting around just going, gentlemen, we are set for life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember we were looking at it, and we were kind of laughing about it, and then it was like, oh, shit, we better hide it before the troop leaders everybody, come everybody by. Everybody grabs one <laughs> and puts it under their, under their arm. They're just like, all right, I got to go. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, you're all laughing about it until that one kid pulls his dick out, and then it's like, oh, yeah. shit. <laughs> Timmy, put it away. Timmy always takes it too far. Timmy always does it. It's always Timmy. <laughs> Fucking Chad's right next to him. <laughs> All right, so they're basically in the show, uh, checking out these magazines in the woods. Meet Wads more into the cars that they're on than the actual women. Um, Ignignock declares that this pornography is infinitely excellent, which I think I've used that quote. Not about pornography, but <laughs> I've definitely called something infinitely excellent in reference to this. Mm. Uh, but the dresser is very boring, so they decide to torch the dresser. They give Meatwad a cigarette, which is like, I guess, one of the animators' favorite things to do. Because they seem to do it every time the Moon Knights are <laughs> around. They're just like, ah, he smokes now. Yeah. And he ends up burning the dresser. Kid. They're bad influence. After... They use the Dirty White Boy song on him, which I'm not familiar with, but I can see it. Well, so they turned Miwad into a Dirty White Boy, which honestly, yeah. that was my opening intro uh, second choice, was I was going to be Dirty White Boy. Why not, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so he ends up flicking his cigarette into the dresser, burning the dresser, burning the entire woods and all the forest creatures down. And the Moon Knights scamper off, saying, Oh, look what you just did. You're in trouble. Uh, meanwhile, back at Carl's house, he's hopping his way over to his uh, tanning bed, which I find ridiculous that he owns, because he's like the pastiest guy <laughs> Yeah, exists. And it's like already on. Yeah, it's running uh, all it the set time. set to Jamaican. <laughs> I, I would assume that he's actually using it to heat his home. Maybe. Oh, maybe. Like, cause Carl's that would make just, more sense than him actually getting in there. That was so. The thing is, like, obviously he doesn't use it. So, like, maybe he left it on and he left it on high because he's using it to heat his home. Because, like, maybe he has gas heat and he didn't pay his gas bill, but that's electric and he is paying the electric bill. So, like, I don't know. It's a little deep cut theory, but you know. <laughs> yeah. So, back at the house. Um, the Aqua Teen Hunger Force Base, I guess, whatever they call it. Um, Frylock confronts them about the woods burning down, because uh, he saw it on the news. And Meatwad's feeling guilty until they use the belt again to, I guess, continue to make him a dirty white boy. And he's just like, give me a beer and a woman. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll give that water bed a workout, which is probably one of the better Meatwad quotes. That's true. <laughs> yeah. It's like, he he almost never says anything funny. True. In my opinion. Um, and 
for the first time, the Moon Knights finally get the upper hand on Frylock by giving him double vision. Uh, but that's not after, uh, th- not until Master Shake comes out and confiscates the porn. <laughs> uh, which is just like, oh, I have to confiscate this. Give it all to me. I need to learn how to read. Back here. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. I forget about that. He's, he's going <laughs> to yeah. learn it to to read, read the porn. Mm. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so Frylock, with his double vision, goes to blast the Moon Knights, but misses and blows up the wall. And you see a little porthole into uh, what Master Shake is doing. Uh, hey, what I'm doing it here is private. <laughs> also, though, like Master Shake doesn't have arms; he has hands on the side of yeah. his cup. Like, and they wouldn't be able to reach anything. Even well, he if doesn't he had something. He doesn't have anything to reach. I, I would assume if he had anything to reach, it would be the straw. Mm. Like, the straw would be the thing, and his hands are so, so far away from it. Like, he's his dick's on his head, Keith. Yeah, just mm-hmm. like a Smurf. Yep, checks out. <laughs> So you'd have to like rub yeah, so, it against the couch or something. I don't know. Like, but he was standing straight up. He's not doing anything. He's just reading a magazine and embarrassed about it. <laughs> so Frylock lets slip that they have a belt that could do any uh, can grant wishes basically. Um, from his perspective, and Master Shake is just like, oh wait, what? Oh, let me go see. Because he was just looking at those magazines with the girls in them. He's just like, hey, could you? bring some girls over here and they're just like oh yeah sure uh are you ready to work for the weekend because i'm going to turn you loose to hot girls in love which i guess is a <laughs> lover boy song this is like part of the episode that went over my head because i don't know old white music or white music in general to be honest so is lover boy a different band or is that just an 80s album? white music yeah lover boy is a foreigner working for okay. the weekend Alright. So apparently Wait, other bands' other songs song? work on this, too. I don't know. Maybe, maybe our listener could let us know, if they know. Uh, you hear that, Mike? <laughs> right in. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Mike's a dirty white boy. Right? Yeah, Working for the Weekend is a lover boy song, yeah. Sorry, I said so, it before, I just need to <laughs> So Ur convinces uh, Master Shake to go wait in the road for the girls to show up and to close his eyes because that's the only way they can see him. And he's just like, all right, I could do that. Um, Carl finishes defrosting himself uh, on his Jamaican setting on his tanning bed. Um <laughs> Which leaves his head, like, fucking sunburnt as hell. Mm. Um, so, I, the Moon Knights shit talk Loverboy for a second, and that's why it wasn't working or something. And Carl was just like, no, I saw them in 85 at Madison Square Garden, and they, squit, they kicked ass. <laughs> uh, and he's just like, shut up and give me that belt. And Ur's just like, well, come and take it if you think you're man enough, and then immediately gets 
the belt yanked. Yeah, Carl's just like, okay, fucking take it. Like, hey man, he took my belt. <laughs> Try <laughs> using the belt without this. The instructions, and this is where the best line. Yeah. In the episode, yep. and I've used this in so many different ways over the years. I don't need no instructions to know how to rock. Yeah. That's <laughs> yes. Honestly, this was I'm so happy you picked this episode because this was like even for a brief moment, it was Carl in his element. Mm-hmm. Like he was he was just like, This is my time to shine. And it's funny because he says that, but then he like is so off on the way he sings the song, You're hot blooded. I don't remember the rest of the song, to be honest. Um, <laughs> but he basically makes his pool water that they're chilling in, I don't even know if I mentioned that, uh, boil, and they have to escape, mm. and they summon their ship down and turn the air conditioner on and take off. Uh, <laughs> Frylock comes over. He thinks he has them because he has double vision. He can't see shit. He's fucking up his <laughs> azalea bushes. Uh, hey, Fryman, those are my friggin' azalea bushes there. And then the third best part of the episode is Ignignock, uh from space extending the gigantic middle finger. I'm doing this as hard as I've ever done it before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it just keeps extending. That's another thing I used to quote all the time. It's just like, anytime I flip someone off, I'd be like, I'm doing this as hard as I possibly yep. can. I think I remember you saying that. <laughs> I've heard you say that, yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. See? Such a fucking, such yeah. a fucking quotable show. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when Carl goes to try and reverse the spell, he ends up turning his head into a Connect Four, which I don't really understand. But randomness. Oh, because there's a he song called Head. The Games. song Head Games, yeah, or yeah, that's what it was. So called. His, head, okay. his head turned into a game, which is okay. yes. All right, it a went over my head. Checks out. It was a little bit of a stretch. Yeah, so that was the episode, pretty much. Um, to be honest, I don't really know how to rate this. <clears throat> I'm torn as well because honestly, um, this is this is one of those shows that I have like such nostalgia for, and because it was so quotable back when I was younger, like I feel like there's a rating for the quotes that comes from it. <laughs> but, like, I can't give a, a cartoon, like, rating on, like, the same kind of scale of all the other cartoons no. that Cause, we watch. Because the problem is if we're rating it on a current day watchability, it's going to get shit rating. Like, yeah. It's, but for what it was at the time that it was, and the nostalgia factor, like... It was, Being it fair, was great. it still wasn't that high. It's more well, of it's more of the. It's literally just the quotes for me. But the thing is, you had to watch it. Like the episodes were short. Yeah, they were. They shorter were, than I remembered. Yeah, so there were like ten minute episodes yeah. and twelve, I think. Twelve, well, yeah, including like intro With credits included. Yeah. So you could fit two of those in a half-hour slot um, with commercials. So I guess the main question is, how many dirty white boys out of ten? Uh, 
it's good. Which give Aqua Team Hunger Force. I'm gonna rate it based on its nostalgic twenty year ago, um, or close to twenty year ago, probably maybe not totally twenty years ago, but uh, I'm gonna rate it on that factor of like the fact that it was vastly different from many shows on TV. Uh, it was doing the shock value humor, but the the premise of the show was strange. It was unlike any other, and to Corey's point, the quotability of it. Um, for that, for those reasons, I'm going to give it an eight. I would caveat that and say, if I had to rate it on nowadays, I'd probably, without any nostalgia, without the quotability being able to use with your other teenage friends or early 20s friends, mm. I'd probably give it like a five. <laughs> um, hmm. Well, uh, I, if if you don't mind, I'll go next. Sure. Uh, oh, I'm, no, I, I mind. I mind. I, I, I was well, thinking I about it. Off Sona. <laughs> the nostalgia oh shit yeah you're right i'm like yeah. wait it's keith it's a picture. so uh <laughs> anyhow like keith, yeah. uh i yeah i thought about this for a little while actually when i watched it today because the nostalgia hit me hard because yeah like i said i didn't watch it so much in high school like i'd see it here or there like staying at our friend's house you know on the weekend for a sleepover but uh once i got to college i binge watched the shit out of this show and the nostalgia hit me hard. In fact, uh, I, I made a mental note to, to bitch about how you missed a big opportunity, given that we're so close to Thanksgiving. I, I know when you edit them and, and release the podcast, it's months down the road. But I was just thinking of the uh, episode of Aqua Teen Hunger Force. I think it's from season two, where they have the the turkey robot the uh that sounds like the the cybernetic uh ghost of christmas past but it's okay. the robot form anyhow i was like oh we could have had our thanksgiving episode because aqua teen hunger force has a thanksgiving mm-hmm. episode um anyhow uh yeah the nostalgia hit me hard love the voice actors especially uh dana snyder uh who's master shake uh he, he does a lot of a lot of voice work uh for shows and and he does some live action uh acting every once in a while too. Anyhow, uh yeah, I'm gonna give it an eight point five. I love Aqua Teen Hunger Force. We wow. haven't mentioned that it came back. It, it's back. It came back with a movie just like a month ago or so. Uh and I think a I new saw season. some of the new animation on that. Right? Is there a new animation uh, style on I, that? I haven't actually watched it yet. Okay, I thought I think I saw like a screenshot when I was googling some stuff mm-hmm. today, and it did not look good. Um, but with that oh. said, I have no clue what it you, actually. You know, is. we we also didn't bring up the first Aqua Teen Hunger Force movie that came out like friggin' almost twenty years ago or so. You know, it was a while ago. It. Oh, uh, I did because that's why I could tell you first. Bruce Campbell voices a character in that movie. Uh, second, uh, I don't remember uh, if you guys... Bruce Campbell is the guy from Evil Dead. No, 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 no. That's one of, (laughs) that's one of, like, the five celebrities that I know. Okay, Um, I just figured I would, I would... I appreciate that. 
<laughs> scratch of your head. Yes. Well, we we were you're also uh, missing out on the fact that when they were doing the promotional work for the first movie, they started uh, like drawing the one of the Moon Knights, the the leader. I can't pronounce his name either, Corey. Ignignock. Ignignock. Thank you. Uh, they started putting like him all around the place, and. It, it was sort of like this uh, viral kind of campaign. They were well, not viral. Well, they were running around cities, just putting up pictures of the Moon Knight guy all over the place. And it this was, of course, like right after nine eleven, like just a year huh. or so, or maybe a couple of years after that. So it was during that time of everyone was freaked out, and if you see something, say something. So oh, people started seeing this shit, and it got reported. And, you know, then they started getting investigated by the, the you know, authorities and, and wow. you know, they had to, like, make a big deal. Like, they had to come out and announce that it was f- promotional for this movie. They had to apologize and all that crap. So, uh, anyhow, I, I remembered that and thought I'd share that little story. But uh, I love Aqua Teen Hunger Force. It is so random, so weird. And I agree with Keith. If I had to rate it based on today's standards or you know if this i i would i wouldn't yeah it would no get nowhere near as good of a rating as i gave it before it would would be probably around five as well so here's the thing and this is a little peek behind the curtain for me as a rule i always have my rating locked in before anybody starts talking about their ratings because i don't want it to be a situation where Mm. If I like a show and someone rates it poorly, then I increase my rating to kind of offset it, blah, blah, blah. Mm. Uh, And conversely, if I don't like a show, I don't, like, rate it extra low because people rated it high. Right. Even though it probably would have seemed like that for the Smurfs, but I really just didn't like the Smurfs that much. (laughs) Um, Anyway, with that said... The number I have written down on my piece of paper here is 5.5, dirty white boys out of 10. And that is not to say that I don't like the show, but when I'm thinking about it as an actual rating scale, for me, myself personally, I've always used and adhered to the IGN scale for simplicity's sake. So a 6 would be okay. Well... Because of the animation style, the fact that there barely is an animation style, I kind of had to lower it, but it's better than mediocre. So for me, it's somewhere in between mediocre and okay. Anything above that, and you're mm. into the good territory, and I feel like that's unfair for a show that I think is something that is just well, a quotable for me. That's, you know? that's... Part part of the reason why I gave it such a high rating, I, I gave it technically two ratings because yeah, you both said <laughs> around five. Yeah, yeah. If we're basing on the standards, the, but just nostalgia. So you know. the, this is the problem: is that like I think that based on the nostalgia, the quotability, and the the emotion that we all kind of like reserve for this show from fifteen to twenty years ago, um, we like. You know, me and Tom give our, our higher ratings both of the caveat of like, but if we had to rate it nowadays, like, you know, for for our listeners, I feel like the rating that counts is like the rating it nowadays, which is like 
I'm giving yeah. it a five. Like I personally fucking love this show. It has a special place in my heart because of the nostalgia, because of the fact that all of our friends watched it, for the fact that we used to quote it to each other. Like that's why it gets the eight in my opinion. But like for rating it for a broader audience, it's like that era is now gone. So like <laughs> you're not gonna introduce people to this show and they're not gonna think like this show's crazy, it's off the wall. Like nowadays people yeah. are gonna look at the show, they're just gonna be like this wow. is dumb. Why are, you, why are you having me watch this? Because there's other things that have taken this idea and just done it better at this point. Well, not only that, but you get a few episodes past this, and some of the stuff Master Shake is saying is 100% not okay by today's standards. Oh, well, yeah. Probably By a lot. Yeah. By a lot. So it's just like, the show definitely doesn't age well, but I'm also looking at my rating on this from the perspective of if I'm reading almost any episode of Bluey you present to me a 9.5 or higher I can't put true. this in that same territory That's not true. even close yeah like I would given this show or Bluey uh, I would watch Bluey every single fucking time if you gave me, I would watch, I would put it this way. I would watch the same episode of Bluey on repeat versus <laughs> versus watching the entirety of Aqua Teen Hunger hey, Force. Sometimes, sometimes to get all the uh, achievements and figure out all where all the uh, hidden objects are in Bluey, you need to watch yeah. it multiple times. Ago. It's a good fucking show, man. <laughs> so... so I actually, one of the last things I had written down here, I had two more things written down about Aqua Teen. I had a few more quotes that weren't from this specific episode, but just like ones that really, I don't know, I thought were really funny, and I think I've used multiple times. Uh, Are you the guy that just told me to beware? Because I'll tell you where to be. (laughs) Definitely a Master Shake quote. It's a good one. And... I put two and two together and decided that you're pissing me off, which sounds so much better That's in Carl. Carl's voice. That's Carl. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I uh, put two and two together and decided that you're pissing me you're, off. You're pissing me off. I've definitely said that at some point. Yeah. Uh, and also, did you know that a Aqua Teen Hunger Force video game exists? No. Really? I've never played it. I need to get it. I've seen it multiple times, but I never thought to pick it up. But having read a little bit about it on uh, Wikipedia, I can tell that this is something that would be fun as hell to play. Or horrible. I can't tell. Um, Ninja... uh, No, no, I'm sorry. Zombie Ninja Pro-Am is what it's called. Aqua Teen Hunger Force Zombie Ninja Pro-Am. A golf action racing game. Uh, wait, what? Uh, Yeah. So, I think the premise is you are golfing, but you have to travel on foot to to where you hit your ball, and on the way, you have to fight off, like, hordes of zombies. Okay, so it's a PlayStation (laughs) 2 game, and it's just based on current listings of eBay and Amazon between $55 and $95. 
is it really that expensive? That's one of those things that's going to have me kicking myself now. Uh, because I remember before the pandemic, that was a game I would constantly see at Game Exchange for like 15 to 20 bucks. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I just... I just Googled it and pulled up the first... I mean, I pulled up the first Amazon and eBay links. Amazon, $95. eBay, 55 I mean, I'll still get it eventually. Uh, one thing I'm, I'm Googling now to see is I wonder how many players it is. Because I always... There, there's been multiple games I've had in the past that I think would be A hilarious one, one to, to two. play with you guys. Oh, that's not enough players. Yeah. But... Mm. Back when we used to get together when we weren't playing D&D, um, there was a time when I had assembled the most ridiculous GameCube setup. I don't know if, I don't remember if I told you about this. Probably not, to be honest. I don't remember. So, I had a GameCube setup. With four of the WaveBirds, those are the wireless controllers. And I had some of the... I had, like, all the, like, top-tier multiplayer games for GameCube. Like, Mario Party, uh, Smash Bros, Mario Kart Double Dash. For us to play. Mm. Right? But we never ended up getting together. (laughs) And... To top it off, there was one game in particular that actually I need to pause one second and grab because I have it on my shelf and I want to read it to you. This is a game called Ribbit King. Have you ever heard of Ribbit King? Nope. Nope. Oh man. So, this is a one to four player game. You play as Scooter to become the Frolf Champion. Mm-hmm. And win the coveted Super Ribbonite. The future of your planet depends on you. This is a frog golf game. <laughs> okay. So you're golfing with frogs. Like, mm-hmm. are you a frog well, you, and you're golfing? No. Or you are hitting your, your frogs? Your ball is the frog. Okay. So... You'd hit it, and then after it lands, it will still do a few hops, <clears throat> which is much different from real lands. life. Because when which I hit when I hit so frogs random. when I hit frogs with golf clubs in real life, they usually don't move. They just turn into a vapor. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a very it's a very uh, messy sport. It's a weird flex, Keith. You have to get really flex. close to the hole, to be honest, if you want oh, to get man. any. Any particular in there. Um, oh, Corey. Yeah, but I, so <laughs> I had that ridiculous setup and I eventually got rid of it because I was just like, we're never going to play this. But I think this was around the time when we got in, we got super into Super Mario Land 3D. Oh, yeah. Or no, mm. Super Mario 3D World. Was that on the super Wii U? Super Mario 3D World. That was on the Wii yeah. U. We like beat the shit out of that game. Yeah. And mm. I just felt like there was no like why would we play GameCube when we have Wii U, which is such a weird thing to say nowadays, because no one gives a <laughs> shit about Wii U. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but it's just like I ended up tr- I ended up getting rid of all my uh, Wave Birds, which was like the big selling point because that's like 
on its own nowadays, uh, probably like three hundred dollars worth of accessory. Wow! Because mm. those those are like the top tier GameCube wireless controllers. Because with your setup, like it would have been nice for Tom to be able to sit back on the couch and play. True. Yeah. And not be tethered to a system. Same thing for all of us, but Tom especially. Mm. So it was really annoying that, that we never got to do that. And now, even then, I don't have, like, half the games I had for the GameCube. But I just thought it was funny thinking about, like... I don't know how I even got on this tangent. Oh, because of the Golf Pro-Am thing mm-hmm. for Aqua Teen. Oh, which, and by the way... And King is also, like, a very expensive game. So I just looked at more listings. The two that I found were brand new... Uh, well, I'm so, looking at it too, and it's like thirty to forty. Which yeah, is still pretty expensive. I mean, like you could get. Well, there's one on eBay for fifteen plus shipping to like twenty something, and there's another one for thirty, but it has the manual. Like, so yeah, I would, yeah. you know, expect to pay thirty. Um, thirty. That used. Rubik King game is like two hundred and thirty dollars. Jesus, Damn. I have the PS2 version now, which is a lot cheaper. Yeah. Uh, but Damn. yeah. <laughs> so thank you for taking the time out of your day to listen to us ramble about cartoons. I can't find my notes that say <laughs> what I'd like to say at the fucking end. I'm flipping through a million pages here. Uh, if you enjoyed the podcast, please leave us a five star rating on iTunes. Take care, drive safe, and until all are one, I've been Corey. I've been Tom. Baby, you're cold as ice. (laughs) I hope you can see this, because I'm doing it as hard as I possibly can. (laughs) I can feel it. (laughs) Wait, what the hell is he doing? Power pole, go! <laughs> Power pole, extend! <laughs> go, go, gadget! Middle finger! Uh, oh, I was good. talking about my dick. No, oh god. <laughs> yeah. I, I thought we all were on the same page. I thought we were circling back to the whole mechanical dick thing. Oh. Oh, yeah. no, because the. It was like halfway through me saying mechanical dick thing. Right? But it was three feet long, bolted on, and rusty. I don't like it. Oh, I imagine more like a mechanical key. pencil where you I just was... keep pressing the button and it just gets... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. It was the it was the generation. It was gonna fill you full it was, of lead. It was the first generation. <laughs> the first generation mechanical deck. The worst one. <laughs> oh, he's dying. He's dying. Ow. Yeah. There you go. I threw everything. There you go. I was laughing so hard that I was yanking my fucking earbuds out. <laughs> but not out of my ears, out of the fucking computer. Like oh. it was going to break. <laughs> oh. Alright, well. Philly <laughs> Goodbye, listeners. Right. So we lost all. Wait, are we still recording? Yeah, we are. Yeah. Oh, Keith, you're the real champion. <laughs> I never stopped. I thought you'd stopped, and that's why I was mad. Nope. Oh. <laughs>
Are we still recording? Yeah, we need to let uh, them go at some point. Right. I said bye-bye like five minutes ago. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, right. I said bye, too. All right. Yeah, fine. so then, then you had that Keep moment where I thought I heard going. the recording stop. Well, I just... Uh... <laughs> like, I was literally having a conversation about, like, oh, man, it stopped right, like halfway through me saying this thing. No, it didn't. It, we got the oh. We're still recording now. Because I feel like... Oh, my God, Keith, stop the podcast. <laughs> God damn it, Keith, say goodbye. <laughs> Uh, it all hinges on Deke. you now. We already said. I'm just Deke. I just want to launch into the <laughs> the, the soliloquy of uh, the, the the evil guy from Blade Runner. Yeah. <laughs> all yes. right. Well, I've seen things. You people. Uh, never mind. <laughs> all right. On that note, goodbye. Deke.